Hello, everyone. Welcome into Living Liberty Today. I'm your host, Charlie Earl. This is episode 61, Inflating Expectations. Oh, yes, inflation has become reality. It's been predicted and anticipated for some time now. And we have numerous people and numerous analysts who have looked at the situation and have come out with their views on where inflation is taking us. But let's put it this way. It's not a good place. Uh, unless, of course, uh, you've got a an asset you bought rather cheaply and you're hoping to accumulate a higher capital gain when you sell it, but nevertheless, don't get your hopes up. Just because you sell it at the higher price means you're probably going to be in a different tax bracket. And especially with cap gains, I look for them to come after those next in Congress. After all, we wouldn't want you rich people getting too rich, would we? It's kind of uh, encouraging for me in a way right now, this time of year. Here we are in early October. I'm seeing the people harvest beans and a few uh, taking off corn. Uh, We've had some uh, really good weather for, for crop harvesting and so forth, but yet with some intermittent rain, which has slowed the harvest a little bit. But nevertheless, uh, we're kind of sketchy and spotty around here as I look at the beans particularly because you can see them coming off the fields of being harvested. Some of the crops are obviously thriving and appear to be good yielders. I'm not there to measure the bushels as they come off the field, whereas others, the beans are really short. And so I guess it all boils down to, or uh, as it usually does, when they were planted, and if they were planted at a time to take most advantage of the weather cycles that we have here in northwest Ohio. But let's get on with our topic at hand, inflationary expectations or inflating expectations, I guess, uh, was the original title we came up with. I want to suggest to you Bill Bonner's diary from um, Sunday the 3rd. And he said, politics makes the money go round. That I I think there's it's a truly a symbiotic relationship. Money makes the politicians go round. That's why they can't take a stand on anything. You just keep turning and turning depending on where the dollars flow from. But he's talking about how the inflationary cycle is a real thing. And uh, it's something we ought to be looking at. And we'll get into that in a little more detail later in other columns. But um, he's talking about the scary aspect going on with the debt ceiling as uh, they're doing a public show of wrangling and standing for principle when we all know it's a fool's game that they're ultimately going to somebody's going to cave or somebody's going to compromise and they will extend the debt ceiling which is like something we need like another hole in the head but they will and uh, they'll both take uh, pride in their strength of character and resolution and resolve to get the right thing but yet we felt obligated to concede or to compromise at the end. Anyway, I'm just quoting what they always say. Who cares? Okay, and then from the Breitbart Business Digest from Friday, October 1st, they talked about how 
Merck had a real shoot up, a nine percent gain in market value based on a cap of two hundred billion. So we're talking real money there—an eighteen billion increase because of the fact that they announced that they had an oral medication for the COVID, um, and that would basically make it easier and less problematic for a government to force everybody to get the shot. That isn't the reason they gave, but that's my own interpretation of it. Um, right now, though, it appears the virus is having a, a lesser impact on the economy, although I will add that here in Ohio and certain other places, um, there are there are uneven restrictions in various communities and so forth, and particularly in California, in that area, where um, people are indicating, governments are indicating that they may clamp down and restrict people in commerce even more uh, than they have been recent weeks. Uh, that's still a little shaky. It's certainly put a lot of small businesses in fear. I will say one bright note is uh, Governor Whitmer came through her disastrous lockdown uh, effect that uh, had an impact on her politically. At least her little antenna are up and saying, uh, this time we don't think we'll do it. And I would add that the governor of Ohio, at some level, he and Governor Whitmer are a lot closer philosophically than you would imagine. Um, he's been hesitant to create more draconian efforts here in Ohio. And it seems like that the Delta variant and all the multiple variants of this thing seem to be running its course, uh, but we'll see going forward. There's another um, newsletter that I read called the Angel List Weekly, and it's something you may want to Google and check out. But what they do is that they've got one article in the, in the latest issue where they're uh, discuss entering an area of cryptocurrency taking over and and they discuss how some states and cities are encouraging blockchain um, transactions and so forth uh, in, in essence trying to get ahead of the curve my, my guess would be given the nature of politics and politicians they just want to make sure their hands in the crypto till uh, when that thing gets floating and uh Maybe I'm just being cynical. No, actually, I am being cynical. But that's the way they work. That's the way they roll. Uh, Carrie Lutz from the Financial Survival Network talked about seven things that it will obviously go higher in this inflationary cycle. Now, some of them are pretty self-evident, um, and some of them are interrelated, so they're not seven distinct things. He lists number one, oil, and number two, gasoline. Well, obviously, if oil goes up, gasoline will. And number three, fertilizer. And uh, petrochemicals and fossil fuels are a, a, a very large element of fertilizer production. So those three that he listed are, are right up there. You got to remember that the cost of fertilizer is going to dramatically uh, increase your food prices going forward, not to mention supply chain issues. A fourth thing he lists are tires. Again, there is the component uh, in tires uh, of petroleum, petroleum byproducts. 
The fifth thing he lists is obviously going to inflate is water. And uh, that that's kind of interesting in the sense that I haven't read any real figures on this. This is something I may research when I uh, get time later this week is what percentage of water sales in the U.S. or water consumption, I should say, in the U.S. is bottled water or commercially available water. I'm not sure of that. I'm not sure how many of us drink our water from wells as we do here on the farm or from the city water systems as others may do. A seventh thing he lists as impacting and, and being highly inflationary of pharmaceutical drugs. <laughs> Who would have guessed? Um, yeah, they're going to go up, go up dramatically. Uh, and part of that too is related to supply chain issues. The other part is the government is so, how do I put it, incompetent in determining pay levels and so forth for like Medicare and Medicaid that that the pharmaceutical people will take advantage of that uh, as best they can. And most government bureaucrats aren't informed enough to deal with it in a logical and sensible manner and negotiating better prices. And then I'm going back to the Breitbart Business Digest again from Thursday the 30th. And one of the things they talk about is a choppy path ahead for the stock market. Golly, who would have thunk that? Um, anyway, they said that investors are getting nervous about the next few months as the third and final revision of second quarter GB GDP showed the economy has fallen very short of the expectations for a strong rebound. Instead of the 8.3% growth that analysts were predicting, and I'd like to find out who in the heck they were, uh, the economy grew just a 6.7% rate. I think part of that issue is, number one, inflation is a factor. It ran much hotter than they expected. Um, so that, that does impact the economy. People are hesitating maybe to spend as many dollars when the dollars have lesser value in the purchasing or, or they're buying used or previously used products and so forth. Secondly, I think the fact that the GDP hasn't grown as dramatically as they anticipated it would is because of this fearful campaign on the COVID side of it. Um, you know, either vaccinate or we're all going to die. Um, the shouting down of people who decline to become or becoming vaccinated types. Uh, um, I, I think it should be a matter of personal choice. And I, and I get a little alarmed by the people who screechingly declaim that, uh, or proclaim that if you aren't vaccinated, you're going to kill everybody around us because it goes back to that story. If your vaccine works, what the heck's your problem? But nevertheless, uh, that's the way it's going. Excuse me there. I don't have a cough button on the mic. Finally, I'd like to recommend to you Doug Casey's International Man from Wednesday the 29th. And he re reveals three ways you can opt out of the rising insanity. And uh, that, that's really a good, it's like a Q&A column. And I would recommend you go through it and look at it. Just Google Doug Casey's International Man at C-A-S-E-Y for Casey. And um, it won't be definitive, but it'll give you some ideas. 
So I guess at this stage we could say that while COVID is still with us and still lingers around us and still at some level captures the imagination of the news media, it nevertheless is having a smaller impact on how we live our daily lives and the overall economic picture of the nation. Yeah, certainly it does have an impact on the economy, like in higher drug prices and things of that nature. Um, when a when somebody like Merck comes out with a, a new development in the field, uh, like the oral medication, that certainly impacts them. I mean, $18 billion in, in uh, underlying evaluation is not a bad thing, especially if you're a Merck stockholder. But it doesn't have quite the impact it had, say, maybe a year ago or so. It seems to be dwindling, and that may be because the vast number of citizens in the country, though both those who are vaccinated and those who are not, are just moving on with their lives. Now, the tragedy is that some of the healthcare workers that we were praising and uh honoring for their efforts during this COVID crisis uh, are now losing their jobs because they refuse to be vaccinated. So um, it's, it's, it's really an irony of this whole thing. And at the time that certain areas of the country are having an influx or an increase in COVID hospitalizations, although with, with a lower death uh, aspect or component, than before, they're firing their healthcare workers who they need to take care of them. And uh, so it's kind of an ironic thing. We find it also in police departments, fire departments in those cities and uh, governmental agencies that require uh, vaccination in order to work there and even down into the private sector. I think it's going to have a a, a disruption into the workforce going forward. Uh, how that shakes out, I don't know. It's something you may want to watch closely and pay attention to because going forward, how we do business and, and how we go about it is going to change dramatically. And at the same time, uh, your dollars will be inflated down to a lower value. So anyway, well, enjoy this week coming up. Have a good one. Enjoy the October weather. This has been Living Liberty Today. I'm Charlie Earle. Live free, be free, and stay free. <laughs>